Ditch the fairy tale, princess. It's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited. I am with a guest today who was introduced to me from a friend of ours, a mutual friend. And we were just chatting about how fun that is when people refer you people that they think you should meet in your life. And it's like, yeah, duh. We were like disconnected at some point in the universe because we've had a lot of similarities in our life and in our business. And I can't wait to share you with the listeners today because there's a lot more of us <laughs> that listen to the show that are in this same season of transition, exploration, um, kind of coming into themselves through trying new things. And you have been doing that amazing. And I've been watching your social and, and getting to check out all the things. So welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, let's dive in because I think our stories are similar in the sense of us transitioning away from the beauty industry and into new things that were shown to us by way of either learning them or getting getting into courses or classes or books. And I know there's a lot of people who haven't made the jump and, and who haven't stepped away fully from the beauty industry. So I think that's the first piece I'd love to connect on. But will you share with us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing now? Yeah, absolutely. So I've owned a hair salon for nine years and it has been a crazy ride. And in the last two years, I met someone, Did I did her hair. I met someone who kind of really opened up my eyes to a whole other world of um, growth and opportunity. And, you know, after I met her, I felt like my, my life was going to change and I didn't know how or what, but I just kind of followed along that feeling. And so I felt like there was more for me than just being a hair salon owner and doing great hair. So over the course of the last two years, I've been working through a lot, a lot, a lot of different like thoughts, beliefs, uh, ideas, fears, and finally made the decision to close my hair salon. So I'm closing it um, in about a month, which is crazy. And I'm very excited about it. And I'm going to be stepping into a new role that is very different. And it's all about coaching. So mindset coaching, manifestation coaching, um, becoming like personal mentors for people in uh, uh, like a mindset community. So I'm really excited about it. Um, been doing hair for 20 years. So I feel like I'm a really good therapist at this stage in my life. So I feel like um, me choosing to, you know, follow what I feel like is my destiny will help inspire others to do the same, you know? I love that. I love that so much. So tell us about this mystery client who came into your life by way of becoming a client, because I also feel like you're probably not alone in that and us experiencing, you know, these deep connections with our clients over the years. And some people for a season, some people stay with us for 10, 15, 20 years and are like part of our family almost, right? We look forward to seeing them more so than we would some of our own family members. So how did this, how did this human, do you think that her, it was like divine timing when she was placed in your chair or has she been your client for a really long time? It was absolutely divine timing. And I met her now that I study the universe and the laws of the universe. It all makes sense now 
two and a half years ago, it didn't. But I had one of my closest friends exited my life and I felt like heartbroken. And um, it was, you know, during a crazy time in the world during COVID. And then, yeah, she showed up in my life and the same week, actually, which was really insane um, looking back on it. So she showed up in my life and I didn't know her. She was a new client and I did her hair and we just, I didn't know who she was. Her name is Kathleen Cameron. And I didn't know who she was. I just, she knew that I was really good at doing blonde hair. And so she's a blonde, uh, went to her house, did her hair. And she kind of told me what she did for a living. And I just was like, Oh, I feel like I kind of like, I get all of this, but I didn't understand that there was a like terminology for it. Like I've kind of lived my life, life. Like I always knew that everything will always work out. I've always lived with faith, but just not understanding, I guess, the terminology and the logistics behind the energetics of the universe. So it kind of all started to become clear to me after I met her, how incredible and beautiful it is to learn it, study it, and then provide other people with that information. Yeah. So good. Oh my God. She sounds amazing. She is. Yeah. And your face just lights up and that it's crazy when you can connect with somebody and then again, connect with the idea of something that, you know, when you put meaning to words and when you, when you can make things make sense, especially like you always, always had that knowingness of like things would work out for you. Like having those knowingness that there was more for you out there. I know myself included and everyone listening has that feeling. Otherwise they wouldn't probably listen to podcasts or at least mine for that matter. I think every single person, it's safe to say that listens to this show has that voice inside of them that knows they're meant for more in whatever way that might be for them. And when you can put meaning and words and actions behind moving forward and, and doing that, doing the things, um, it, it does always work out. It does always work out. And I think at the time, you know, had that lady probably showed up in your chair earlier than that, maybe you wouldn't have been ready to receive that message. It's always like how I look at things. You're like, why now? Or why did this have to wait? Why did I have to wait 20 plus years in order to get to experience this and know that this is the path I was meant? But if you look back, right, you can never connect the dots looking forward. You look back, you're like, it makes sense. And if you didn't have any timeline to look back on, you wouldn't have the expertise you have and all of that good stuff. So amazing. You've decided recently to close your salon, which is a huge thing and actually more uh, popular than people are actually giving credit to that want to step away from that responsibility of salon ownership or the pressures of the day-to-day in a brick and mortar type of space and move into the energy of being free to mm-hmm. do what they want to do outside of like a said space. So can you speak to how that's like starting to feel for you, knowing that you're like, st- you've started it, but you're on the other side of, of not having that responsibility. I almost called it a burden, but responsibility of your space anymore. So it's, you know, it's interesting how you're like, I almost went to the word burden. How I'm learning is like, I'm so... I knew that this was the decision I wanted to make and I knew it was the right decision because it always felt good and it felt calm and it felt exciting. I had no fear around it. And then when you make the decision and then you start taking action, the universe brings you contrast. 
So it always is kind of like, oh, this is what you want. I'm going to make sure you like really, really want it, you know? So, (laughs) and I'm going to make sure you really got to work for it. (laughs) Well, we just take a pause for that because I feel like that is so true. And yeah, yeah. They're like, are you sure? We're going to check you a couple times before uh, we let you go ahead and make that final decision. Yeah. So I've been presented with a lot of contrast over the last year, let's say. And then I finally, when I like told my landlord, told my staff then the contrast was like like a train coming towards me but the excitement and the knowing and the faith of where I'm going is so much stronger than the contrast that for me I just am going about my days and I'm like there are moments where I'm like this is really hard or I'm very emotional but I think about where I'm going and what I'm going to be doing and my love and belief and faith in that is so much stronger than what the contrast in like the 3D physical world is showing up. So it's an easy transition for me, although there's a lot of contrast. Yes. And although there's a lot of emotion behind that, that maybe doesn't always feel quote unquote easy, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was going to say, I felt something come up for me when you were talking around like identity shifts. And that's been a conversation I've had a few different, I guess a a few different ways on past podcasts around people who are transitioning from one thing to another and having always referred to yourself as something, right? Like I'm a hairdresser or I'm a salon owner. And that identity shift of you'll always still be a hairdresser, like that no one's taking away an identity, but you're now kind of stepping into a new identity as this new person who's doing these new things. So have you noticed any sort of shifts with that as to how you're feeling called to, I guess, identify, I guess is the right word. I don't even know the quite question I'm asking because I can just viscerally feel it as like some struggles I've had when I was slowly letting go of the salon space and that groundedness that it gave me, even though I knew it was time to move on. That's such an interesting question. It's a really good question because I I can feel exactly what you mean, but it's hard to put into words what you're trying to explain. So I think back to when I opened my hair salon nine years ago, that was my identity. I wanted to be a hair salon owner and I wanted it for reasons based on who I was then. And I think what I've learned is that the person who I was nine years ago wanted a hair salon. I became someone that does not want a hair salon. And the hardest learning lesson for me in all of it was the reason behind why I wanted a hair salon versus the reason why I don't want a hair salon now. And for me, that was like a rude awakening because it had a lot to do with my ego And it had a lot to do with past patterns and belief systems within myself. I opened my salon when I was 26 years old. I was young and I didn't really know who I was. I knew who I wanted to be, right? And then you fast forward nine years later and I have a sense of self and I have self-worth and I have a lot of, you know, value for who I am and what I want. And I don't want to be like a professional babysitter anymore. I want to help people, you know, step into the next best version of themselves. So yeah, it's like identifying now as someone that is not a hair salon owner. It feels like a relief to me. Ooh, 
it feels like a relief because I don't I don't need to own a hair salon and I don't want to own a hair salon because it doesn't align with what I want. And people who want to own hair salons, I'm like, go for it. If you ever need help or whatever, like I can provide you with anything that I've learned, whether it worked or whether it didn't. Cause you know, I didn't go to school for business. I literally went to hair school. So I grew like a huge, huge successful business just through learning. And you know, you make a lot of mistakes as you go along. Yeah. So good. So much in there. I, I love that you, you know, own that, that salon was, you know, a base on a lot of ego check that like, you felt like if I have this, then I'll be, or, you know, once I do this, then it's all, all, we, we, you know, in your twenties, you do, there's a lot of proving, proving to yourself, proving to everyone around you, proving that this is a real career. I know I'm not alone in saying that this is always the ideal path that our parents see for us, right? They don't see the beauty industry like they see doctors or lawyers or even teachers, even though we make as much money and can be just as successful, I guess, on paper as anybody else or any other career out there, especially as an owner for that matter. But I think not enough people give themselves credit for the things they used to want as the past version of themselves. And now as someone else, you want something different. And it's definitely not as much it's not acceptable on a social scale as it is, right? Like, okay, you started down the path, you went to college when you were 18, 19, 20 years old, and were pushed into this, like, pick a career for the next 40 years when you don't even know who you are, let alone starting in any career in your early 20s to say that you'll know exactly who or what you want, you know, 10, 15 years down the road is crazy. But I will say the skill sets that hairdressers learn I mean, you're you're proof of, you know, learning yourself and learning the things that like, as you go, you grew that belief and you grew into the version of you now who no longer needs that Mm -hmm. space to then step out and do bigger, greater things to serve more people, right? It's it's great to serve one-to-one or even you as the owner, one to the people that worked for you, but the extension of being able to serve more people, uh, is that something for you that you feel called to do more than just like the transformation of aesthetics. And yes, our clients usually leave happier than they came in, but you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like since, you know, when I started hairdressing, there was no social media. And now I'm like, wow, like I have so much knowledge and like, I would love to share that with people. And I just feel like I could reach so many people with that have so, like, I have solutions for so many people instead of just that one client that's in my chair, you know, like, it's so interesting. Now, when you look at like, I, I'm, I'm awful at TikTok, but like, if you look at TikTok and, you know, reels, and it's like, I can make a reel. And I think like, I don't have a million followers, but I had one reel that like 18,000 people saw. And I was like, Oh my God, I just showed 18,000 people how to put your hair in a bun. How cool is that? Like, to me, that is so cool, you know? So cool. It's so cool. So for me, yes, that. And I wanted to say something when you were talking about the, like, the identity thing of how there's, like, that mis... I don't want to say misconception, but maybe misconception or belief system that, you know, this is what I wanted and now this is not what I want anymore. And that link between like it being okay versus it's not okay. You know, like you're saying how, you know, you spend so much money and time going to school to become a doctor that you have to choose that profession, right? For the next 20, 30 years. But what if it's something you don't want? It's you're, you're fighting with the 
beliefs that you're not allowed to change or, you know, you have to stick with this, even though it doesn't feel good. And so for me, closing the salon and making that decision was kind of learning how to reprogram those beliefs of like, actually, I can change my mind, which is it's work. You got to like really look inwards at like, why do you not think that you can do whatever you want with your life, you know? Totally. Yeah, that's the whole premise behind the book I wrote and why the book's so short and sweet because it's really just about unlearning the things we were told we were supposed to want and have and do and be. And like, if you go this path or this route, then you will have success or be happy or everybody else will be happy for you. And a lot of us spent majority of our early 20s and 30s doing the things we were supposed to do, you know, quote unquote. And only to wake up and realize like, yeah, no, this isn't, this isn't working for me. And this isn't the path for me any longer. And, you know, there can be a lot of shame and guilt around changing your mind. And I think, especially when you work in a profession where people depend on you or lean on you or need you, um, I, I'm sure you, you may experience this too, maybe not on the level that I did, but when I let people know that I was like trying new things and moving on into the coaching space and there's a lot of like, yeah, that's great. Good for you. I'm excited for you. But like, are you still going to do my hair? <laughs> you know, they were still self, you know, concerned that their needs were going to get met as well. And as a people recovering people pleaser in the sense of like, you want people to be happy with your work and who you, what you're doing. It took me a long time to slowly like let people go and transition, making sure that they were in good hands before I stepped away. And that was my own like beliefs around making sure I closed the loop on a lot of that. Cause it was a lot, a lot of years and a lot of like loyal people that I felt, you know, needed to be, it needed to be closed in that certain way. So what would you say to anybody who is in the midst of that transition where they're like, yeah, this isn't the end all be all for me. There's definitely more out there. I'm just not quite sure how to start a exploring that, um, or B even taking myself away from the salon or whatever brick and mortar business they might be working in. I feel like there's two things. First thing is take a moment for yourself and stop taking care of other people because as hairdressers, that's what is kind of imprinted in us. And it's really challenging to stop and be like, what do I want? Like when I learned that I didn't want a hair salon, I was like, okay, but I don't know what I want. Cause I take care of people for a living. I make people feel good about themselves for a living and then being like, okay, but what do I want? And what makes me feel good? That was really like took a lot of time for me to figure out. So start thinking about the things that when you're doing them, they make you have this sense of calm or happiness or this joy or this internal like giddy excitement. Those are the things that you should be doing with your days. That's like kind of my first thing. And my my second thing is that limiting yourself will only keep you in the same behavior cycles. You're Mm going to keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again, living in fear or living in like a belief that you're not capable of change. And one other thing which helps me probably the most is when you have a conversation with someone, whether it's a client or family or friend, and they're maybe not responding the way that you had hoped, know that their response has nothing to do with you and the choices that you're making in your life. And it has everything to do with how they feel about themselves. So 
I had to be really okay with people not being okay with me changing my life. Mm. And Mm. as someone who has spent 20 years making people feel good, and then, you know, you finish that cut or that blonde or the extensions or whatever, and you want the client to love their hair, it's the same thing as me being like, I don't want a hair salon and this is what I want to do. I'm telling you, it's almost like, I suffered with like always needing validation, always. And like I'm used to the client, like always wanting the client to love their hair. I always want the person that's in front of me to be okay with what I'm doing. So that for me, I think because we are standing in front of mirrors and we're always mirroring, really getting to terms with loving yourself and your decisions and not having any sort of, you know, feeling or whatever around other people's opinions because you know within yourself it's the right thing for you so good so true I want to literally just recap what you just said and I want to take a moment for anybody listening right now for the first one that you said and and if you're listening and you can pause for a second like just stop stand still wherever you are you know if you're at a stoplight cool don't do this yet maybe listen to this later (laughs) But if you're home and you're cleaning and you're listening to us while you're in a flow state doing something else, like the first thing that she said was, what makes you feel joyful? What makes you feel giddy inside? What gets you excited? And try to bring more of that into your life. That's the first space for that. The first like action step, if you will, right? Because we all like action steps. We're like, great, we learn this. We feel all in our feels. Like, what do we do with this? And you're talking to two women who have stepped away from 20 plus year careers where we get that hit of crack every time a client leaves. They're happy. There's Mm -hmm. generally like this transaction that's happened. We have performed, therefore we receive A, the money and we, the accolades, right? So it's, it's instant validation. And a lot of other careers don't get that daily hit of crack over and over again. I'm using that as a terrible example, but (laughs) I've never done cracks. I don't really know, but it's like a thing, right? It's the same. Um, And when I gave myself permission to lean into the things that got me excited, they still were scary to think about doing that as like, say a career or a job, like podcasting for one, you know? So wild to think like this is a career you can choose now. I can, I enjoy talking and having high level conversations with women I'm interested in getting to know, like, wait, what, that can be a job. I can make that a career. Like, what? Yeah. I want to do more of that. That gets me excited. It pushes my boundaries. It tests me a little bit, but it gets me really excited and I get really giddy to talk to people. Um, and now it's like a, a way to be nosy. That's acceptable. I don't know. I found a way for a thing that, I, that brought me those feelings, like you said, to be like my thing. And often a lot of people go through their day and they don't give themselves that permission anymore. And maybe you're listening and you're not trying to leave the beauty industry and you're still enjoying your career. But there's things maybe you do day to day in the business that don't make you feel like that. And maybe there's things that are and you could lean more into those things. Like maybe you never want to do another men's haircut and you want to only do extensions. Or maybe you never want to do another haircut in your life and you only want to do color. Like you can take this example and use it for what you need when you're listening to stuff like this and always find yourself in other people's stories that it can apply to you, I think is my biggest takeaway. Anytime I'm listening to something educational or inspirational, it's just to kind of find myself in the story. But the second part you said that kind of was like, oof, was when you said limiting yourself only gives you more of what you have. I was like, ain't that the truth? You know, limiting what what you're allowing yourself to do or to step into 
or limiting yourself to the fact of not even trying or not even putting yourself out there or not even verbally expressing something that is what you want, you're going to end up in the same exact place. And I think the majority of people who listen to podcasts and read books are seeking that growth factor. They're seeking that ability to be able to implement and to, to not limit themselves, right? We're going for limitless, not limiting. And those were two just amazing things that you just said and shared that really can help you take something away from this podcast episode and like sit with, whether it's on a walk or if you want to listen to it again or reach out to her and, and have this conversation on a deeper level. That's what she does now. And it's it's so cool because I think when we don't even gift ourselves the space to have conversations with people who have gone before us and like stepped out of a space that felt comfortable, like you could have kept running the salon and doing your things. That would have that would have been a great little comfort sandwich bubble that you could have stayed in. You was on rinse and repeat at that point after nine years, right? Like you had it you had it down. Like life would have been okay, probably, right? Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah, no, (laughs) yeah, no. See, and that's the thing I love, and that's what I wanted to like kind of push on next was often I think when things are quote unquote good. People think like, oh, I've made it, right? Nine years in my salon, everything's running, rinse and repeat, like money's good, people are happy, I look like I'm thriving and we want to move. Yes, you've shared it didn't feel in alignment anymore, but I think a lot of people feel guilt for leaving even like a corporate job or like something that's like quote unquote good on paper and that most people would be happy with. It's like staying in that relationship that's not that bad. That's what this relationship with ourself is in staying in situations that aren't serving us anymore or being honest that you're now at that point. I think I experienced that in myself thinking that like, hey, you have a pretty good gig going. Like, what are you doing switching things up now? And that fear around that of like, you know, yeah, this is pretty good. What am I doing? And you you explained it earlier beautifully for like yourself, but do you deal with clients or talk to people where they feel like almost guilty for wanting something better than what they have, which is actually kind of, I guess, to everybody else good or even to themselves good, but they want more, you know, like that little voice that you had. Yeah, I deal with it a lot. And um I generally will ask the question, what, what purpose does that serve you? So if someone feels guilty for wanting something better, what purpose does having the guilt serve them? Mm. Is the guilt propelling them forward? No. Then why are you holding on to it? What's wrong with doing something that makes you happier? Yeah. And where do you think that, like, where do you think that guilt comes from? Are we, are we guilted into thinking if we want more, it's selfish, like as children, like I know mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that struggle with that guilt around wanting more than what they currently have, right? We're stuck in this, like, you have to be grateful for what you have and be appreciative. And all the while that's true. Like, where do you think that guilt and that level of like, we hold ourselves back with guilt sometimes comes from? For me, um, you know, I've been in personal development for about nine years now, and I spent a lot of time in um, inner child trauma healing. And what I learned was that from when we are in the womb until we are eight years old, we are learning and developing all of our belief systems through our subconscious mind, and we don't even know it. So Unfortunately, but fortunately, you know, everything that we believe in and how we react and how we respond to things is based on how we grew up as a child from our parents and our parents, you know, they did the best job that they could, but they also weren't aware of how they said things, how they responded, how they reacted, how they looked at, you know, me or you when we would ask a question and then the way that they looked at us made us feel this certain way. And then 
that little tiny program in our little tiny self gets stored into our belief system. So, you know, fast forward 20, 30, 40 years, we are who we are based on the belief systems that we developed as children. Yeah, so true. So true. And I feel like for anybody who's in that state of finding themselves almost self-sabotaging, we had a whole conversation this morning in my membership group around, you know, where are you self-sabotaging in the sense of that, right? Like letting guilt or letting expectations on how things should be in your mind before you even try them um, really look or feel like. And I think not enough people give credit to those instilled thoughts, patterns, behaviors that came from somewhere else that aren't ours. And it's in doing this kind of work and having even just conversations or even listening to conversations like this that can allow you to kind of tap into why you're doing what you're doing or how you came to think that thought or feel that feeling. Do you have any best practices or like tools that can help someone who's like, oh shit, I think that's kind of like what I struggle with. Do you have any references for people who can move to move into learning more about what that looks like versus having to spend nine years, you know, studying child? Right. Oh my God. <laughs> what about so, those of us who want a quicker win? Like, what, do you have any favorite books or resources or people you um, have found that have helped you? So the program that I um, am helping to coach now is like a six month version of the last nine years of my work and learning. Beautiful. So okay. I'm, you know, I have different programs now that are offered through the community that I serve in. And the one that I'm in, it's called Millionaire. And Millionaire is about how to be your best self, how to reprogram your subconscious beliefs. And your subconscious or beliefs are the ones that you learn as a child. So it's learning how to fall in love with yourself, reprogramming your subconscious beliefs, figuring out what your true desires are, and then making an action plan to do it and then actually doing it in six months Beautiful. versus yeah. my nine years. <laughs> yeah. We like, we like that. And, and that's why you pay for coaching, I think is yes. my favorite you know, tagline I always use is, you know, you are speeding up the process. You're skipping the line and you're allowing someone else to have worked through all the kinks of the things to learn the best bits and, and pull it out and apply it for you and, and what what you've got going on currently. That's yeah. the, the biggest takeaway I can ever find for, you know, why people should invest in coaches versus just a book or, you know, trying to maybe figure stuff out on their own. Cause sometimes we can't see the things that are holding us back or we don't even hear the things we're saying sometimes. Um, Absolutely. If you have like enlightened girlfriends, sometimes I have one girlfriend, she's always like, well, we'll get into different conversations. She's like, but what do you want? And I'm like, stop asking me that. It's, it's such a deep question. I'm like for lunch or for like in life, I don't know. Oh, what do I want at this moment? It's about all I can answer you because <laughs> we get into these really deep like life conversations and they're great. And it's so good to have people like that, but she's also not like, you know, educated in child, you know, trauma and all of the, like working through those sorts of things. She does her best as my friend, but also, you know, when someone's that close to you, it's difficult to sometimes be totally vulnerable and totally like get into the nitty gritty because it's a different relationship than you would have with a mentor or coach or a therapist or somebody, you know? So I think, you know, the work you're doing is amazing and, you know, the education that you've put into it and the work of learning how to help facilitate this is so freaking needed. And I think especially for like our age group in thirties and forties, when you're starting to become aware 
of these patterns of behaviors. You're starting to become aware of, oh shit, yeah, I do know why I did that. Not, I don't know why I did that, right? You stop blaming the, I don't know. And you're like, yeah, I actually do know, but I just don't want to deal with it. <laughs> like I'm great in this denial place. It's awesome. It's so true. And I think for me, I had a daughter two and a half years ago and having her has like crazy, crazy helped me to kind of like reaffirm me reprogramming my subconscious beliefs because how I am with her, you know, all my friends are always like, I love how you speak to her. I speak to her like she's a human. I don't talk to her like she's a baby or a kid. And I always provide her with like, you know, love and nurturement and safety, but also choices and boundaries. And, you know, I value her opinion. And I, it's, it's, it is really interesting because we'll have these like experiences together. And in the moment I'm like, oh my God, like as a, as a child, I would have done X, Y, Z. So I need to make sure that I'm providing her with X, Y, Z. So she doesn't feel, you know, uh, abandoned or betrayed or left out or like all of these crazy beliefs that we somehow just come into our brain into our like orbit when we're little oh so true so good yeah there is nothing like becoming a parent to help you kind of re-see how you do things how you would like things done and like just to give you that opportunity to give your kids a better experience than you had because like you said earlier our parents did the best they could with what they knew and there was none of this conversation going on a there was no freaking internet there was no social media and there was not the ability to become so aware and conscious of how or why you did things. You know, as everyone's favorite tagline was, that's just who I am. That's just how I am. That's just how we do things. That's how this family is. Like there were very much like finite definitive like lines of like, it is what it is. Get what you get. And so much so like when our parents would talk to us, like those are the rules. Boom. There was no conversation around why or the structure of how things were. It was like my way or the highway. I remember my mom was very much like, you don't question me, you know, you do what I say. Rather than taking 30 seconds to explain something, right? And then talking to me like a human, it was just like, I'm this and you're this. I'm here and you're there. So I catch myself, my son's 11. I catch myself sometimes saying things in that tone or in that way. And I'm like, but he doesn't understand. He's not 41. He doesn't know why (laughs) you're telling him to do that. Like, get on your knee, get eye to eye, put your hand on his little hand and explain to him like why that needs to happen. Even if he doesn't quite understand it or grasp it, at least give him the decency and respect to like try to educate him and understand why I'm asking him to do it or not do something. And Mm -hmm. my God, it's brought us so much closer and he, we have so much more compassion for one another. And I feel like there's less like frustration going on. Like I felt like as a kid, there was a lot of frustration because I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. You know, that wasn't for the kids to hear or learn. So I love that you even just shared that you talked to her like a human, meaning like, yes, she's two. She might not comprehend everything you're saying, but you're at least giving her the chance to, you know, who are we to say that she's not, we we don't really know what's going on in their little brains because they can't articulate how they're thinking or feeling yet. But when we're now told how much is received of those early years before we learn how to really articulate ourselves, it's so powerful. So if you are a mother listening or a father, I think it's it's our duty and our job to like really kind of slow down and not just do it the way things have always been done and to take that ownership around like, how can I do better? I love that you shared that piece. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm sure people are vibing with you and want to connect with you on social. Is that where you like to hang out or where can people get a little bit more of you? People can get a hold of me on Instagram. That's like the easiest way to get a hold of me, Instagram okay, or cool. email. 
Awesome. And I wanted to plug too, because I'm always such a huge fan of uh, like women creating businesses that are not a, a trading time for money. And I got to shout out your company, Butter Beauty. Um, you got some rad shit on there. I was checking out the website of all the goodies you have. So we've got like all kinds of different hair stuff, hair tools, brushes. You want to talk to me a little bit about like, where did that company come from? And has that always been like a side passion of yours? Or where did that company kind of kind of come from? So I started Butter in 2019 because doing hair forever, I wanted something that wasn't just like a physical hair product to help my clients. And so I kind of started researching how can I help hair, you know, and not just like a shampoo, conditioner, hair mask, whatever kind of way. And so I learned about mulberry silk. And so I researched, 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 and then I decided, you know, I had the beliefs, those kind of like beliefs of like, I can't do this was working on my self-care at the time. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to start my own silk pillowcase brand. And so I, I started with Mulberry Silk Pillowcases and then I went to Scrunchies. And um, yeah, it was a line that was developed truly to just help women feel good about themselves, help them with uh, their hair care. And, you know, Mulberry Silk has a lot more incredible qualities than just hair. It helps repair your skin. It's amazing for women that are experiencing menopause or pregnancy because it's really cold. So it's um, controls like body temperature. It's great for people with a lot of, um, you know, acne prone skin, eczema, psoriasis, because it is hypoallergenic and antibacterial. So there's so many like incredible properties to uh, butter silk. So I launched that and then I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in Hudson's Bay now and I'm in a bunch of like small businesses across Canada, which is really lovely. So that takes up my time too. Yeah, I bet. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. I think I can see like the entrepreneur is like running her wings, you're doing all the things and it's so inspiring and it's always great to have powerful conversations with women who are just doing the damn thing. So I'm sending you so much love and I'm grateful we got this time to connect on the show and you guys, if you've connected with her as well, please shoot her a DM, say hello, tag us on social if you love this podcast episode or send it to a girlfriend who's in the industry and who just wants to be a fly on the wall and listen to this awesome conversation too. It means the world when you guys share this podcast because I do it for you. I also do it for myself because I love having these conversations. Um, and yeah, we'll hang out on social and I'm sure we should do another podcast talking more as you get further into your yes. coaching career and launch your courses. I can feel, I feel some sort of collaboration happening since our friend introduced us. I was like, we're going to do something. Something. I don't know what it is yet, but we'll figure it out. We will. We will. Tell the universe, yes, more, please. We're like, more, please. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Creating this podcast is as much fun as it sounds, and it's not hard. You're worthy of sharing your expertise with the world. So I've broken it down so you can start your own damn podcast in four weeks or less. Head to the link in the show notes to start now.